So my dad passed away in 2015. We weren't talking and it took a month for his family to track me down. Before I ever knew he was gone, I started hearing from him in heaven. It consumed me. How is communication with the other side even possible? I left my corporate gig, studied with spiritual teachers on every coast, and worked with my angels to figure out the answers. Today, my mission is teaching you how to raise your vibration, shift your thoughts, trust your intuition, develop your unique spiritual gifts, and connect with your loved ones and angels on the other side. Friends, when you have these tools, life really does become heaven on earth. I've been having some crazy things happening with Zoom where when I was trying to use my camera, it just wasn't, it was getting real spotty and choppy. So I thought I would just try with my phone for this. Okay. Yep. That sounds great. Yay. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Yay. You know, I feel like I got to know you because I've been listening to all like your YouTube stuff that's online, um, just other podcast interviews that you've done. And we have like so many similarities of like our experiences in our jobs and kind of how that led to us bridging into the healer realm and then kind of having like a different philosophy on kind of just being human and not all love and light all the time time, but incorporating the messy and, and finding healing through it all. So I'm just, I'm so excited to spend this time with you. Thank you so much. I felt the same way when I was listening to uh, the episode where you, and it was so funny because the episode I picked to listen to, you had said like, if you haven't listened to or watched any of my shows, like don't start with this one. I'm like, I'm going to start with this one. And I'm so (laughs) glad I did. It was like, oh my God, like I hope all your shows are are like this. It was brilliant. You were so real and authentic. And it was like, finally, there's someone not just doing like a love and light, like you live your love and light, but it it is through the acceptance of the human and the things that people don't want to look at, you know? So I'm, I'm like, I too am excited. It was like, oh yeah, she's speaking my language. It's going to be great. Yay. So I've got a lot to dive into with you. I wanted to let you know a couple of different things. First, there's like a new school schedule. They've switched it like four times for my daughter. So we're going to do an hour on here and then I'm going to switch. I'm going to leave my computer on, but hop onto my phone to record like the angel story that like from the car a little bit, but let's see. The other thing is, okay, I got, I have to tell you this. I hope I don't like freak you out, but I have been getting this like vision for the last year. And sometimes this happens, right? Like you see something over and over again and spirits like prepping you. It's not time for this yet, but just like marinate. Right. And then mm-hmm. I'm listening to your YouTube talks and your, your other podcasts that you've done before. And I was like, this is it. I know what that is now, but I keep seeing like this group of like healers coming together and meeting like monthly or every other month and just having these conversations and diving deeper. But I wanted to say that I feel like there's a deeper thread and I'm just, I'm excited because I feel like today's like the first day, but I feel like we've got a friendship here. (laughs) Well, you are definitely psychic because spirit told me two years ago, I needed to build community and I've been like, all right, just show me how. And I was just talking with someone. If you were watching like our podcast stuff, our one, two, three conversations, I was with her. I was like, how do we do this and create a group where people can hear this? And it's like safe. They can build community with each other. And then I had started and then it just kind of the energy wasn't quite right. But with a bunch of other psychics and healers that I knew, we had we were planning that. But then COVID got really intense along with America finding out it was racist. And then it just kind of was not the time to be doing that. For me personally, it was like, I can't hold this space for that. I have to like reset. But yeah, so I agree with you a thousand percent. And I agree. It feels like there is some sort of deeper aspect that I don't quite understand. But yeah, I so a thousand percent, I get exactly what you're saying. And it's not going to freak me out. I thought you were going to say something that was... I don't know what I thought you were going to say. I was bracing myself. I'm like, oh, that's it? Like, oh, no problem. That's, that's fine. <laughs> 
it came to me today, like my two best friendships. One, like when I was in college, I was like on my dormitory floor, went into another girl's room and she was like, she had all the same stuff that I loved. And I looked at her and I was like, you're going to be my new best friend. And she, she talks about that to, that to this day. And she's like, okay. And then my other friend, she like walked through my front door one time. I, she was one of the first per- people that I worked on energy healing wise. And she goes, you're going to be my new best friend. And, I, and then I was it oh. like reversed and I was like, okay. Um, but those are like my two <laughs> strongest friendships. And I was like, I'm just going to say it like, Candace, you're going to be my best friend. (laughs) I love it. That's says, well, I hope so. I mean, you know, you're, I, I really was impressed and blown away when I heard you speak. And I have to say at first, when I got the email, I'm like, am I being scammed? Is this too good to be true? And it was like, oh no. Okay. Legit. Nice. Awesome. That's awesome. I love how spirit just like completely brings us together with people when it's the right time for us to come together. Yeah. 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 I'm just so excited. So I'm going to introduce you here, but actually I might just have the podcast editor keep this whole thing because I think it's just perfect and yummy. But to everybody who's jumping into the conversation, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis, and we are here today with Candace Thomas, the intuitive, but you're also a psychic medium as well. We have a lot of the same philosophy about not kind of, well, I guess translating and not being abrasive with the word psychic medium because people have these underlying assumptions of what the woo-woo is. So trying to be able to be a healer that can get through to all people without their egoic mind kind of flipping in and saying, ooh, I don't want to go there. Right. Yeah. Here's where I want to start. Okay. So you have said people are having trouble trusting their intuition. They know what they need to do. They're hearing from the other side, but the problem is coming in where they're not trusting their intuition. So I've heard you say they don't need information always as much as right now where humanity is. They need transformation and to understand how to walk through that process of transforming. Talk to me a little bit more about that and kind of like what you're seeing. Yeah, I feel like especially with millennials and Gen Z, something I'm seeing so so much of is people feeling defeated. And I look younger than what I am. I'm actually 40, about to be 41. And I keep seeing younger people and, and older people too, it's not just young people, are so hard on themselves. So they get these intuitive hits, they get these prompts, and my job is to make intuition unsexy. That's why I call psychic mediumship intuition when really what I do is psychic mediumship and I show other people how to do the same, but to work it in their day-to-day lives. So it's not just to connect with dead people. Here's how you connect with the destiny that you want to create, the destiny that you want to have. And um, so my job, I make it unsexy. We call it intuition. (laughs) Working with your intuition, it's like a long-term relationship where people expect to have this one night stand kind of intense, hot and heavy. The angel came down from the mountain and told me this exact thing. And that's how I know it's real. Like it's real passionate, fire it, fiery, passionate. There's no way that I can discount it. I know for sure that's what's up. And there comes a point where for everyone, you can have those experiences. But for a lot of people, especially if you're not used to trusting yourself, in the beginning, when you're getting intuitive prompts, it's it's quiet. It's quieter than the loud ego mind. It is consistent. It's always there, like a solid, steady, romantic, long-term relationship that's always had your back from day one, but we can tend to ignore that. So the way that it shows up for people is the thing that continually repeats. That's not the negative voice. It shows up in the things that you're naturally interested in and drawn to. And what I see happening to some of our younger generations, especially, is they have these bigger dreams. They have these bigger things that they want to do, and they don't take a step. They're so disillusioned. And then they start comparing themselves. Comparison is the number one death of 
anything you're trying to do intuitively or not even being intuitive, but just trying to live your life. If you're comparing yourself and you're always comparing yourself to an imaginary standard because there's no one-to-one with anything. So looking at someone and going, oh my gosh, I thought by the time I was 25, I'd be married and have kids. Or I thought I'd be further along in my career or have a house or have a job I liked at 22 or something. And, And it's not the case. There's this undue pressure. And so when the small voice says, hey, how about we do this next step? Or And how do I explain what intuition guidance is like? So again, people think intuition is going to be this super strong, sexy, out of nowhere, like tell you something that you didn't know when intuition is going to tell you what you already know in a way. Like sometimes there's new information, but it'll be like, hey, for example, I, I personally like playing video games. Uh, that's the way that I ground and get centered and connected with the world. And no, I don't mean like loving video games. There's ultra-violent, crazy video games are the kinds I like to play. And so last month, I started to kind of feel ungrounded and out of touch. And in my mind, it was like, I want to play a video game, play a video game, play a video game. And I'm like, no, no, I need to buckle down and get more serious and do the thing and do the stuff. Until finally, it just came like, no, I need to buy a video game. And I did. And it was like the energy broke. And I got all this download of information that helped make things super smooth and easy. The intuitive hit was play a damn video game. I know I like video games. And I didn't realize the extent to which that is a stabilizer for me. It helps me ground. It's not harmful. It's fine. And for other people, we're getting hints that something in us is saying, no, don't listen. That's not the way we have to do it. Like other people are doing it or other people told us to do it. And the constant comparison of, well, if I was really intuitive or if I was really meant to be successful, my life would look like this. So I feel like when I say, you know, trust, it's really before you can even trust your intuition, ultimately people have to learn how to trust themselves and really trust what they want, really trust the things they don't want without trying to constantly explain it. You know, like, is it okay for me to want to be an entrepreneur or is that selfish? Is it okay for me to dislike being around this person or should I try to like be more, what's the word? Like, I want to be high vibrational. So let me just love everyone, even though something within you is saying you don't like this person. You know, it's, we're not trusting ourselves. If you don't trust yourselves, if you're not willing to look at what's going on with you, then you're not going to be able to easily understand your intuitive voice. You're not going to trust that either. And again, it comes back to when you don't trust, you also go more into comparison and looking at your life through someone else's eyes, not even through their real eyes, through what you think their eyes are like, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And I totally get that, you know, about the video games too, because we all have a different way to process, right? And once you start to understand and it clicks like, oh, this is my intuition. I have been hearing it my whole life. It has been here guiding me my whole life. You also come to this place of realizing, you know, a little bit into your spiritual awakening that everybody has their own unique way of processing the energy that they're swimming in, the information that they're swimming in to get to their intuition and and what they need and where they want to go. For you, it's video games. I love movies. And I was reading this book on Audible, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And there's a part in the book where she says that her wife, you know, she's there like on the couch, curled up into a ball, you know, having a moment. And her daughter goes to her wife and is like, what is wrong with mommy? What's going on with mommy? And her wife goes, you know what? This is just the way that your mom has to process. She's empathic. She needs time to digest because she's going to use what she's going through to create. She just has to understand it first. And I was like, yes. I totally I love that about it like in that way but that's it I love that you know I have a friend where she bursts into tears when she needs to process information and you just let her do that you know you just let her and she'll be fine she's fine that's just how she moves the energy you know and it's without the stigma or the judgment of constantly like oh and this is a comparison like 
she for a while was like, it shouldn't be like this for me. I should be doing something else. I need to do more healing. I need to do more whatever. And it's like, what if you're, that's just the way that you operate. What if there's nothing wrong? You know, and it wasn't something like depression. I'm going to be very clear about that. It was just something that happened. And it was almost like she was not accepting of the depths of who she was. She's very powerful. She's a very powerful healer. And she really feels emotions intensely. And there was nothing wrong with her. That's just the way that she operates. And the the thing that she actually did was to listen to her human and was like, hey, I need to have a super quiet space. I need to really set up stronger boundaries with who I'm allowing to be around me at certain times of the day. Like she just got more clear on the boundary boundary piece and let go of the what's wrong with me piece. And that's how she built that trust and, and found her way. So I like that example that you gave. Let's go into that a little bit deeper, because that's what I see happening for a lot of people in 2020, right? Where we did a lot of spiritual bypassing before. Let's be all positive. Let's stay in love all the time and in this high vibration. But the truth of the matter is that life is messy and there are different emotions that you're going to come into. And we've had to deal with that all year long in different ways. And one of the things that you say that I really love, but I have not said it this way. So I really want to kind of change how I speak about this is you say the ego is your friend. And when we say egoic mind and intuition, what we're really doing is categorizing things into like a right and wrong box, a good or bad type of box. But we can't do that because they're two sides of the same coin. So talk to us a little bit about this because you have a different take that's just brilliant. So when I came up in my spiritual community and I was an accountant for the federal government and I was 10 years into my federal career and kind of woke up psychic, <laughs> the long and short of it. And so I didn't know anything about wooey, intuitive, whatever. And the thing I learned first and foremost was ego is bad and you never want to come from your ego. And I was a person who at the time I was like, people pleaser number one. I didn't even have my own identity because I would just switch it to whatever I felt people wanted to see from me or hear from me. And then I was super resentful when I felt like people didn't know who I was or really cared, but it was, I wasn't, I wasn't even showing them who I am. It took me a long time to get out of that. Even as I walked my spiritual path, because I was constantly in my head with, well, is this really spiritual or is this coming from my ego? Like, do I want to take this class because I want to help people or am I wanting to help people because it feeds some part? Like I was overthinking it and I couldn't, I couldn't really accept my blessings and I couldn't really, I didn't grow. So when I found out I was a psychic medium, I started taking different classes and workshops, but it took me two years of floundering before I actually accepted, oh, okay, I'm okay the way I am because I kept running my whole life through, is this ego or not? The issue that I, that's the problem with, with ego is, and I feel like this when people also talk about law of attraction is people, if you're constantly worried about ego bad, and am I coming from an ego or this person's coming from their ego, you're really putting yourself as, as you were saying earlier into categories, into boxes of there's still something that is wrong with me. There's still something that is inherently bad as opposed to what the ego actually is. It's the part of your human that's got your back and it's trying its very hardest to keep you safe. And that's impossible to do, right? We, we, we can't just rely on a part of us to keep us safe in the world, but your ego, it's, afraid because it is a lot of us grew up in as kids very tough home situations and environments where your ego had to very quickly learn not to depend on others uh, not to trust others and not even to trust yourself because probably you grew up in a home where if you spoke the truth other people made you feel like you're you were crazy or you weren't seeing the truth apologies for using the word crazy i know that's insensitive but like but still making you feel like Gaslighting, that's the word I want to use, gaslighting you into making you feel like 
you are not who you say you are. And so the ego has had to adapt and it goes through extremes, but it literally doesn't know any better. And that's because a lot of our subconscious limiting beliefs or those experience get formed at a young age. So it's literally thinking like if a five-year-old had to run your life and to had to constantly think about all the dangers it would face, how would a five-year-old react? And that's your ego. So what I have found with my clients is, and even with myself, the minute I stopped bashing a part of me and judging a part of me and getting in my head, like, is this coming from the bad Candace or the good Candace? When I just said, hey, this is what's coming up, no judgment here, and it was a radical acceptance, my life changed. It became super easy to understand, oh, yeah, this is intuitive. This is from my fear. When it was so hard in the beginning because I was so in my head with, no, no, I don't want to come from ego in certain situations. And the other thing about that that I've noticed in my work with clients today is you can help your ego trust your spirit and then it backs off so it doesn't get so held on or fixated on the things that hold you back. And I know that sounds really weird, (laughs) but it's like, if you're like, hey, ego, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sitting at the table and trying to help out my human today. How about we take a load off of you? Like, what if there was a way to keep my human safe and you you still got to be a part of it, but you didn't have to have the burden of calling all the shots or having to know everything. And for the majority of my clients, the ego is like, you know what? That sounds good. Like, I just want to be heard. Cool. I just want this person to be aware because I learned some bad information that has me reacting in a a certain way. And I also find that subconscious limiting beliefs, for anyone who doesn't know, they're literally rules that run in the background of our brains. So we think we're making decisions when we're not. Decisions have already, like our brain's already on autopilot, and where most of us are responding to things constantly based on these rules we learned when we were younger. So as an example, my parents had a a story with you work really hard and you don't get anything in return. That's my dad, who is uh, verbally and emotionally abusive, would say all the time, like, I do all this work and I get nothing. So something in my little head, something in my brain switched and was like, oh, well, if you work hard, you get nothing. And that was my experience for a while. You know, like even when I had financially like great things, like with the job I had, it was a great job, could get my own house, buy my own car, travel over the world. There was a part of me that felt empty, like this is worthless. It means nothing. Now that wasn't the truth, but there was this rule that was running in the background, uh, clouding everything that was happening. So I couldn't, I couldn't see my blessings. I couldn't experience it. When I went to do things that I wanted to do, I always ended up in the situation where I'm putting all this energy in and not getting anything to show for it. That's just programming. That's not who you are. That's just your brain trying to keep you safe and trying to uh, help you operate in a world that doesn't make logical sense all the time or most of the time. So there's not any part of you that is inherently bad. It just doesn't know any better. So would we berate a five-year-old and scream at the five-year-old and shake the five-year-old and go, what's wrong with you? Like, I hope not. I hope we would embrace that five-year-old and be like, hey, you know what? That's just not how we do things around here. You got some bad information. Let's love all over you. And then that's where the shift and the change occurs. If you're constantly at a battle with yourself, and, and this is where people get caught up on the 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 growth wheel, like they can't get out of, and this is um, law of attraction. I'm bouncing all over the place, but for law of attraction, people keep getting hung up and something bad will happen. And they're like, oh, I still have more work to do. Well, there's always going to be more work to do as long as we're alive. But there is, I like the word grace. Grace is more powerful than anything. And Grace is the ability to receive blessings from universe, spirit, God, whatever your word is. Like you can just receive it by virtue of being you. You don't have to work any harder. You don't have to do any other stuff. Like You can just receive. And taking the pressure off of if you have a, a moment where you feel like you're coming from ego, you've just derailed all the things that you want to manifest or bring in. Uh, I have found when it comes to ego and law of, law of attraction and people getting so worried is They get so caught up in internalizing something bad happened in my life. It's my fault. Something's going on with me. There's a truth to that, but there's also truth to it's, it's not an attraction problem that most people have. It's a perception problem. Everything you're doing in your life, whoever's listening to this, everything that you're doing in your life, every hardship you're experiencing is moving you in the direction you want to go. You're never off path. It's just you can't see it all the time. And then we go back into comparison. Then we go back into what's wrong with me because we're not seeing far enough ahead of how things 
work out. My accounting job was a nightmare. I had, <laughs> I, I actually was very bad at math. It was very intimidating to me, but I got offered a scholarship and people were like, Hey, do you want to go into accounting? And I was like, okay, sure. You know, and I, I worked with a staff where they had real life issues. There were, they had so many things going on and they also had very strong personalities and they would tell me to my face, they didn't like me. So going from being a strong people pleaser and getting validated by having everyone love you to suddenly everybody hates your guts and they're telling you to your face that they hate your guts and you're an awful lead. It was, and that's the thing that cracked open my spiritual gifts is because I couldn't hide behind people pleasing and had to face myself when that illusion fell. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit because I've heard you talk about this a little bit and it's so fascinating because this is exactly what happened to me. I was the, always the the kid in school or the kid in work, you know, in my twenties, getting the gold stars, the perfectionist. And I know that you talk a lot about empaths and that perfectionism being really tied into the, the empath personality as well. So we can go there, but there's this other part of it where you talked about being a supervisor of other human beings and being an empath is very, very difficult. So let's talk about all that too. Yeah. So in the, in, in my agency, I actually had worked in Laramie, Wyoming with a scholarship. I would intern in the summer for the federal government agency. It was a scholarship with the federal government. So I went into accounting and I figured, and and that was like all spirit. Like I should have known I was a psychic medium, but I, I just didn't because my experience wasn't what, you know, like the sixth sense, what everyone was showing on television. But so I went into this job and I applied for and got promoted uh, to be a supervisor of about eight people. So one of the reasons why I got my promotion, I was at a young age. So that happened when I was in my late 20s and it was pretty unheard of. The position I got was a very high level position. It was unheard of at the time. Now I think it's pretty standard at the agency I was at. And when I went from being kind of beloved, so I got promoted from within my staff. So they were all my coworkers and now suddenly I'm their boss. And then that's when all hell broke loose. You know, no longer was it we're cool with Candace. It was like, you're the enemy. And it was like line drawn in the sand that that severe day one, there wasn't any type of a grace period or proving that I could be a good leader. It was like, like people's minds were made up. But a part of that was also because I was a people pleaser and you have as a supervisor, you inherit power, right? And I didn't understand that because I was so afraid of power. And so what's the thing that I did as a lead? I'm going to keep people pleasing and trying to make everyone happy. What's the one thing you can't do as a lead? People please. And so it wasn't, it just blew up in my face, right? So it, it was the hardest lesson I learned. And that's how I knew I was empathic because what started to happen on my job is I would suddenly go to work and get sick. I would feel like my body was filled with sand and I would just feel sluggish and brain fog. And then I would go home and throw up. And I did this consistently. And it popped in my mind not to go to a doctor, but it's like, I think I'm going to go see a psychic, which is so weird because I'd never done anything like that. I thought the only psychic who existed was Sylvia Brown because she was on the Montel Williams show and I trusted Montel. And so, but I was like, all right, yeah, let me, let me see what's going on here. And they were talking about, oh, it's because you're empathic and you're absorbing all this energy. So one of the other things that was happening at my work was it was a, it was a toxic environment. A lot of people had been forced. We had all been decentralized in different locations. And then all of our, our agency was like, hey, we're centralizing all of our accounting into one place and you're either going to move or you're fired. So a lot of people had been displaced. We were in, we were in New Mexico and so people who had grown up for years and years in small towns or other cities had to leave their families behind or be fired, you know? So, and then it was at a time where we were being told to do more with less and our leadership was getting called into Congress because we kept losing money. <laughs> it was not good. And so you're getting yelled at, like, if, if things go awry, you're getting yelled at by the public and also possibly by the president, right? So it's high stakes. It's super stressful and the systems aren't working, but leadership isn't listening. We're just being told to make it work. So it's not like the staff that I had, they were irrationally challenged. It was like real stuff was happening. And I'm still responsible for getting these people to do their best and work when they're demoralized. It was an impossible situation. And just the weight of that 
I was absorbing it physically into my, my body and I didn't know what to do. And there was no way to people please out of it because it was an impossible situation, but I didn't know that at the time. So that's a little bit about what was, what was happening there. Yeah, that's amazing. So what I see, I've seen this commonality, this common thread in a lot of sessions, spirit showing me that they are putting people in positions that are empathic, that are healers to take over. And there will be in the future kind of this complete transition of energy and frequency within corporate America. How do you see or when you do work with people who are in those high powered positions who are empathic, how do they make it work? How how do they shift? It depends on their leadership. So it depends on where they are in the organization and their leadership. I was very fortunate that my immediate supervisor was very supportive of me and I could feel that and believe it. I've never had a bad supervisor in my life. I've always been blessed to have, uh, and the majority of them were women. I don't know if that means anything, but they were the smartest people in the room. Like every supervisor I've ever had before I became an entrepreneur, women, they knew everything. They could run the whole freaking agency. Everyone, like a lot of people respected them and looked up to them and they were so grounded in the world. So with clients, if they have a a reasonable leadership at the top, then we work on how to separate other people's responsibility. So a lot of empaths get drowned under the weight of, it's my responsibility to make people feel good, whether you know it or not. And so the biggest lessons I learned to stop absorbing everyone's energy around me and what I teach my clients is to take up your own space. So what I mean by take up your own space is it's a lot of little things before we even get to the external boundaries. People need to set internal boundaries of, I have a right to be in my own body and no, again, going back to subconscious limiting beliefs. I find that when you ask most empaths who feel overwhelmed by all the energy they feel, what's, what would be the worst thing that would happen if you didn't absorb all this energy, the subconscious limiting belief will pop up. Well, they'll go, well, I don't know if people would care about me. I don't know if I would be valuable if I wasn't absorbing all this energy. Like it's a little, it's hidden. They don't know that something in them is trying to help them feel loved and connected and show that they care by taking on all this pain. So the first thing we do is get rid of, we clear any subconscious limiting beliefs where they've agreed the best way for them to show love in the world is to accept other people's responsibility. So that's like step one that I do all the time. Depending on their leadership, if it's a reasonable leader, we just work on here are some practical boundaries. The first thing is to be honest. I, I talked to so many empaths who, again, because of how they grew up, they could not be honest with someone about, hey, so this isn't working and we have to figure something else out. And they'll just get annoyed and just do everything themselves or try to do everything themselves and then get frustrated because people can't keep up. And it's like, you've got to be a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more trusting and go, hey, this is too much. Can't do it who needs training here, like something needs to change and, and start voicing, speaking up in situations. And even if something can't change immediately, speaking the truth and standing up for yourself and setting that boundary does help where you're like, nope, I'm not absorbing all this energy. And people can kind of move away from it a little bit. Another important key is people have to find the things that make them happy and fulfill them in their life. And they might not be able to do that on the job. And it's interesting because a lot of people that I work with, I tend to attract people who have a passion for helping others. And so when things are going wrong at the job, it's like, well, how else can you express your passion for helping others outside of the job? And then the energy shifts where even if the job stays horrible, they're not absorbing all that stuff. It's just a job. Like they shift the focus and the energy to channel it through something that really sparks their joy and sparks their heart. And if someone's really in a toxic environment with, and I've had so many clients, it is phenomenal to me. I count my blessings because even though it was difficult in the government, I didn't have a boss that ever sexually harassed me or shamed me or bullied me, which uh, many of my clients have experienced. And I would say in those situations, uh, and I, I hate to be the person that's always extreme, but you've got to leave. You've got to leave if you've got someone who is causing you harm. That stuff will eat away at your life. Uh, I feel like me personally, my best friend ever, I feel like her job killed her. It was toxic. It was She was also in accounting. 
and the people treated her so horribly, but she hung in there for a paycheck and they kept making it smaller and smaller and smaller. And it was almost like she just kept digging in to hang on. And then when she finally left and things were like, it was night and day, she had all this worry about if I leave, I'm not going to be supported. No thing's going to take care of me. When she left, everything fell into place. And then she died. And I, I know that job shaved years off of her life. It is not worth it. No job is worth it. I hope this year, 2020, has taught everyone you could be doing all the right things, but it's no safety or guarantee of anything. You've got to put your mental and emotional health first if you want to do anything in the world. There's no paycheck that's worth it ever. Friends, one of the questions that I get most from you is, Julie, how do I know that this is my intuition? Julie, how do I know that this is really my angels communicating with me? Julie, how do I know if this is really a sign? Friends, the entire month of April. We are diving into a lesson within the Angel Membership. It's an entire course on trusting your intuition. Now, friends, if you're like, but Julie, this feels frustrating to me. I should just be able to trust more, right? Wrong. Friends, you have been taught since you were a very small person not to trust your intuition. We have been socialized to think that one brain type is better than the other. And for those of us who are deeply empathic, and if you're listening to this podcast, you most likely are. We were taught otherwise. We were taught to eat everything on our plate or else we weren't going to get dessert. We were told not to cry. You know, we were told all of these things as children. And what it actually did was wire us in a way where we weren't trusting of ourselves. We weren't trusting our intuition. And that has carried over from childhood into adulthood for most people. So going through this course is undoing the programming within your mind, undoing these past notions of, you know, just tough it out. You have to learn how to trust yourself. And there is an entire course for you on this that I have channeled from Spirit. So if you'd like to be a part of this, look in the show notes below. All April, we are diving into trusting your intuition. And I'm so, so excited for you to really grasp onto this yummy material because once you have this, it really solidifies that foundation within you. And you know, like you know, like you know, when spirit's working with you, how they're working with you, you trust it, you believe in it. And friends, that's the energy that you have to have because it keeps your energetic auric field open. And all of the new yummy experiences that spirit is trying to bring your way coming through, right? Because the opposite of trusting your intuition is not trusting it. And that's where you block yourself. So come on over to the angel membership. We will help you to trust yourself, to trust your intuition. So my mom and I have been watching the show, The Undoing on HBO. The season finale or was just like this last weekend. And it's not a spiritual show like whatsoever. But my mom just kept saying over and over, your life can change in an instant because of nothing that you did. It is a completely outside factor. And that does bother me a lot of times in spirituality where people will say, well, based on your soul contract, or, you know, you manifested this into your life. No, there are other times where people choose of their own free will to have that one other beer at the bar and then get into a car or they make decisions that impact your life and you didn't have anything to do with that, right? I agree. That's my problem. That's my biggest problem with some of the spiritual laws that people tout like law of attraction or when people talk about fate and destiny. I don't think people understand how powerful we actually are and how much we actually can shift and change things 
uh, for the better. Absolutely. Like anyone who might be listening and you're feeling stuck or out of control in your life, every minute that you are still here breathing, it's a second chance. You have an opportunity to shift things. I am living proof of that. I don't consider myself to be all that intelligent. I'm not dumb by any means, but like literally if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that it's not that hard because it is very hard, but it is so worth it. My best days as a, as a employee don't even match. Like I still prefer my worst days as an entrepreneur over my best days as an employee, like hands down, like we are far more powerful than we're being led to believe. And what I see happening in the spiritual community is people are really quick to not accept their power and just kind of blame it on, well, it's just meant to be that way. It's a destiny. And what a horrible thing to say to people who might have lost a child or who have uh, been assaulted or attacked to go, oh, well, you know, you wrote that in. That's on you. There's something in your energy that attracted that. Like, that's not correct. I, we, we have individual systems, but we still work in a collective system. Like all the systems are running together. We fit in like cogs in a wheel. We're still at the mercy of some of the systemic things that are in, in play. We can change all of those things if there are enough of us who are willing to do the work, but don't ever buy in to anyone telling you your limitations or what you can or can't do. Like, don't buy into that. We really have to, now's the time where we have to take responsibility for the power of our choice, the power of our decisions. And it's so important that we're believing in ourselves and choosing us, choosing the things that we go for. And it doesn't mean that we're all supposed to agree about the same things at all. It's like, it doesn't matter what your beliefs are. If you really believe them, you need to go all out. Are all your choices reflecting that? Are you really listening to yourself? Are you really trusting what you believe in? Or are you just doing something because someone said, you know, so a thousand percent, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and to back to your point too, about your friend being in that position, because that was the position that I was in. It was totally wearing me down and taking so much out of me to the point where these thoughts started coming in these suicidal ideation of, I just don't want to be here. No, really like I don't want to be here, but there's this conflicting programming within us of, but I have to be the good girl, right? And I have to get the goods, like the gold star and everybody has to like me. And um, so I have to stay at this job that I hate in order to prove myself. We really have to go into this programming within us and completely deprogram ourselves to see that we don't have to stay. And that's another thing that I love that you talk about, because you talk about really having that self-belief within you of everyone needs me or they need me and, and we're Working through that to get to this point of, well, if everybody doesn't need me, then nobody loves me. Talk to us a little bit about yep. that and like how you worked through that within yourself. Yeah, you have such great questions. It's like, of course. So back to being an empath, people pleasing, getting sick on the job. The thing that helped me clear my energy and I, the two questions I always ask my clients and I ask variations of this, but people, if you're listening and you want to find your subconscious limiting beliefs, uh, we could start with being an empath. So it was literally the question I, I asked is what's the worst thing about, you can ask it in two different ways. You can ask it positive and negative. So it was like, what would be the worst thing about not absorbing everyone's energy, about not being drained? What would be the worst thing about not having this experience? And your first thought is, that's crazy. I, I would love to not be drained by stuff. But when I asked that, it was this rebuttal that came up out of my mouth. It was so strong. It's like, well, they need me. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? They need me. They need me to do this. And it was this resentment. When you talk about that resentment of I have to show up and do everything for everyone, it was like, I don't want to, but if I don't, bad things will happen to them, you know, which is a total, that was programming that went in because that's what I had to do to keep the peace within my family. You know, that's what I, that's what happened there. And to get rid of that, when I really looked at, oh, okay, like I feel obligated, like I have to, and it's internal, it wasn't external because in my mind, it was like, if I say no, this person's going to freak out and then it's going to be all this stuff. And that wasn't really the truth. That's just everything that the belief told me, which again, 
I didn't have, I had a perception problem because the, the way that subconscious limiting beliefs work is your brain. So we get all this information constantly, right? So if you're in a crowded restaurant and having a conversation with someone that you like, your brain is going to start filtering all the noise around you and have you focus on the conversation that you're having. And there might be moments where something like if someone drops a dish in the background, you can, you're like, oh yeah, there's other people that are here. Well, with our day-to-day lives and the opportunities and possibilities that we have, it's exactly the same. So that subconscious but limiting belief blocked out and limited. So I wasn't aware of situations where people loved me and I wasn't being drained. Like I couldn't see them. I couldn't see those friendships. I couldn't see if there was someone who just wanted to genuinely know me. Something in my brain was like, they're not for me. Like they don't like me is what my brain did. It just filtered them out on my behalf without me consciously understanding that. So everything I could see in my world was validating the experience I was having. And it was impossible for me to believe that I could live a life without being drained. Does that make sense so far? Yes, 100%. 100%. Right. So with this people need me nonsense that I had going on, it was like, oh, okay. And I think I don't, I was doing so many things. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have done all the things, right? So whether it's EFT or hypnosis or EMDR, or I was doing so many things, but the things I was doing, it was really to dissolve, delete that subconscious programming. I think I did hypnosis and now I switched to, I just, I can see the subconscious limiting belief and I can clear it with energy work is how I do it now with my clients. For anyone listening, I think an easy thing to do is the emotional freedom te- technique where you do the the tapping. That's what I like to do. And you literally just tap on your, your acupressure points while you're saying the phrases that naturally come up. And then when I broke that belief, this weird thing happened and it, it was like another belief popped up. So it wasn't like, oh, magical. It was like, oh, here's this other one <laughs> where it's like, no one will love me if I don't keep. So it was like a, a kind of, oh, and here's another one, like doing the same process to actually break through different processes I was doing to get rid of those subconscious limiting beliefs. But then when it was done, it was like, I clearly saw, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I'm about. And so when I say it took me a couple of years, I went on this kind of mission of, okay, well, who is Candace? And I promised if I had a slight interest in anything, I would just explore it. And so instead of filling my life up with other people and their problems, it was like, well, what do I want to do? I've been complaining all this time about, you know, I can't do anything, but if I could do anything, what would I do? And there was no answer to that. So I started, it wasn't like I woke up one day, like, I'm going to be an intuitive coach. It was like, I don't know what I want to do. So I took all sorts of classes. I took dance classes. I went to like a cooking class and then couldn't be bothered. <laughs> but like took writing classes, got really back into writing. I think that's when I started to get back into games and slowly started finding, oh, I really like this and I don't like this. So if I didn't like something, I gave myself permission to drop out of it. So I was exploring the things that I was kind of excited about. And then that led me to my bigger passions. And then that led me right into psychic mediumship because I I kind of just gave myself the permission to grow into who I was and learn who I was and let go of, I think when I work with clients now, they're expecting I'm going to flip a switch and they're just going to know exactly who they are and what they want. And it's like, you have to see more of the world outside of the limiting perceptions that you have. So if anyone is listening and they're feeling lost, probably you're not seeing the whole story. You're just seeing through these like rose colored glasses or shadow covered glasses of these limiting beliefs that say you can only have this little bit and you can't see everything to even know what's possible. Like your brain is blocking you. Again, this is why we shouldn't be hard on our ego or ourselves. It just learned something and it's got it's got bad data. We just get a new plan, we upgrade, and then it'll be fine. The technology is perfect. It's the software. Yeah, that's an amazing analogy I've heard you use before where you say like, if you could think about it where your brain is the secretary or the admin assistant and your intuition, your higher self, your soul self, mm-hmm is the the director, right? The the person who's calling the shots, who's making everything, determining everything in your path. That's really what you want to listen to. So you're bypassing like that. Well, not bypassing. You're working through the brain to get to 
the soul self and and allowing them to really call the shots. Yeah. yeah. I think what's key too is even opening your perception a little bit. So when you can actually see, and this is where stillness and meditation and and being willing to see what is versus going into all your judgment, that can open up your perceptions too. Once your brain starts seeing differently, your shit's going to come up. Like it's going to get intense. You're not going to like it. You're going to see things about yourself that you don't like. Radical acceptance itself does not mean you keep doing like jerk behavior. But if you're really honest, you'll be like, I don't like how I reacted then. And then you'll have an understanding about, oh, I've got this to look at or do or work on. And then if you need external support, it's so interesting the right programs, the right people will appear to you because your brain is focused on that. So intuition works with the brain, not against it. And that's where, you know, going back to, I don't believe that there's a bad ego or like demote the ego. The ego is just trying to do its best. Like the secretary still gets to be at the table. It just doesn't call the shots, but it can take notes. It can carry out what spirit says to do. No problem. Yeah. Love that. You know, one of the other things that you've said that really made me go, oh, yeah, that's so true. Are the days, I'm just going to say, you said like, when I'm bitchy one day, you know, I don't like, like rebuke that within myself and say you shouldn't be that way. You instead go, oh, why is that there? Why did that happen? What's with, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's an amazing way to look at it too, of not rebuking ourselves, not putting ourselves in the good or bad bucket, the right or wrong bucket, check this box. It's more of a whole view of our true self. Your questions make me so happy. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Um, I, one of the things that helped me with that. So in my deeply people pleasing state working for the federal government, just finding out I'm intuitive. I was so reactionary. I'm the person that most people couldn't stand to be around when you're like, you know, these people just drain you. So I'm getting drained, but then I'm just draining other people. Like I was the gift that kept on giving and with my constant complaining and feeling constantly overwhelmed and super angry all the time and resentful, but not knowing what to do with it or express it because I'm trying to be a good person, air quotes. Someone had given me the advice, and I can't remember the, the name of the, the guy, uh, but it was one phrase and it changed. It was one of the things that profoundly changed my life where for he has you do these experiments and You go around saying, I am observing Candace is or whatever. So you would be like, I'm observing Julie is. You say, I am observing your name because I am the I am you is not your human you. Mm -hmm. And you would say exactly what you were experiencing or feeling anytime you felt triggered. And so for two weeks, I went around mostly silently because you can't say it out loud. People think you're even weirder than you are, but So I was like, I'm observing Candace is feeling really pissed off right now. I'm observing Candace is feeling petty. I'm observing Candace doesn't want to be here. And I would only say that I wouldn't try to change my behavior. I wouldn't try to be super deep. It was just observing it as quick in the moment as I could. This interesting thing happened where after two weeks of doing that pretty consistently, I saw how I was triggered almost nonstop, like all the time. And things became really funny and absurd. Like I am really getting wound up over things that don't matter. I could see how my, where I was expending my energy. And there also started to be this little gap, this little space between what I, what something would happen and I would instantly be pissed off. Right. But this little gap formed where something would happen. And then it was like, Oh, here's this choice that people keep talking about. (laughs) Like I never understood when people are like, you can choose to be angry or you can choose to have a good day. I'm like, if I could freaking choose it, I would, but I was instantly in the energy. Right. But that's how I, I saw the little thing that people were talking about. I'm like, Oh, I do have a choice. And it was like, Oh, okay, cool. I had more, control is not the right word, but it was like, I, I could deal with my emotions better. And I, and I could choose differently over time, you know, it just kind of, but it gave me that space. And there was such incredible freedom of I'm not a slave to my own emotions or my own shenanigans, just by saying the phrase, I am observing Candace is and being honest. And I think, again, it's so powerful, because it's the divine self, you're acknowledging both the divine self and the human. And it's, it's acceptance. It's like, this is just what is. I'm not going to add to it. I'm not going to shame myself. 
And that was very useful for me to be in a space where I can be like, oh, yeah, I'm freaking out right now. Because uh, I know sometimes if you're new to all this and you hear a person say that, you're like, yeah, right. What does that even mean? Because I was that person. Like, I don't even know how to do that or where to begin. But that phrase can help if you're you're wondering how I do that and get to a place where I can be freaked out. Uh, and I respect myself when I'm freaking out, too. It's like, ooh, this is way too much. And I have to, as an entrepreneur, I can most of the time I can take breaks or do what I need to do, which a lot of people can't do if you're still working for someone else or if you're taking care of people and, and things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's this other misconception too, that you go through a spiritual awakening and all of a sudden you're in these like green pastures on the other side of it. And like your life is perfect. And now you have every single answer to everything, every, every moment of every day. And you, what you don't realize until you get to that point. And many people, you know, are are right there with us is that you're never going to be perfect. Right. And that's the thing that I keep trying to demystify on this podcast is there isn't a a point where we get to where we're like, tap your hands, you know, everything's all good. (laughs) Forever. Yay. You graduated. Here's your degree. Your ascendant (laughs) degree. You made it. (laughs) Yeah, there's that saying, like, you're always teacher and student for a reason. I don't believe like that any soul is better than another soul. I think that we're all the same. We're just learning at, uh, at different times. And so I wonder how spirit has been working through you this year. And like, what are the lessons that have really been coming through to you in 2020? What's the energy that you've been swimming in? And like, what, what's sitting with you right now that you're like still working on? Well, ironically, I'm super introverted. And because I work for myself and most of my clients are out of state and I work at home anyway, when the pandemic first happened, I'm like, nice. Like, because I didn't, I, and then I saw how bad it was actually getting. And I was like, oh, and at the very beginning of the pandemic, spirit showed me two black lines and one, the lines kept getting darker and darker and darker. And then they showed me, it was like a, a, a cut to a utopia, like a beautiful garden full of life and vibrancy and peace. And I understood that to mean that it's going to be really, it's going to get worse and worse and worse over two years. And then it's going to be like an energy break and things are going to be really, really great, like significant change and breakthroughs for a lot of people. And the other hit I was getting is if you are a person who is in service to others right now, and we're in service to others, if you're doing something that you care about, that you're passionate about, and it brings people happiness and joy, it is just as good as So I'm not talking about if you're a professional light worker, you could be a janitor, you could be a cook. If you're doing something that brings you joy and happiness, that's your way to bring healing into the world. It's that simple. And so I got a heads up that for people who were on purpose showing up for others, that this, like after uh, starting now and moving forward, there is going to be high demand. People are opening and ready. So if there's anyone who's been kind of struggling professionally, if you wanted to be a professional psychic medium or a healer, or again, whatever it is that you want to do in the world that sparks happiness and joy for others, this is your season. That said, the other thing I'm being shown energetically from spirit is this is goes back to no comparison. And I feel like this is the, a few things happened for me personally this year. How I've been showing up for other people is they're people's worlds unraveled, not just because of things that happen with uh, the pandemic or racism. People have been fed this lie of you just do the thing. So you go to college, you get a degree, you work hard, and then it'll work out for you. And it was so interesting. Everything just collapsed for everyone. And so there's this huge anger and people feel really betrayed and they're looking for folks to blame. And then people are really seeing how unfair things are and the different systems that we have into place that don't really work for anyone, but people are still held on tight to systems because that's some part of their identity, you know, and people don't want to let go. It's fine. That's human condition. And what spirit was showing me is just having grace for everyone and all the situations. Grace, but I also have personal boundaries. 
So I did a lot of this year. I had to unfollow and block a lot of people, especially spiritual ones, because I have very definite opinions and belief systems, and I needed to keep myself safe. So the grace that I hold for other people, and this is where folks who want to bury their head in the sand and like they don't want to deal, I kind of, I get it. That's fine. If you're a person who something's really troubling you and you feel called to some sort of action, explore more of who you are and what you want and get into action with it if you have the energy to do so. What I'm witnessing this year is now is not a time to compare. So there might be people that you respect and admire and they're out protesting or they're making all these posts or they're showing up in a certain way. That's their path. That's not your path. I'm Most of the people I'm working with actually needed quite a bit of rest. I tend to work with high achievers and they needed to just full stop or almost stop. Like they're having to do things bare minimum and they feel so guilty around it. And I want to say, this is a pandemic. <laughs> it's like, do what you need to do to take care of self. There's not going to be anything that you're going to mess, miss out on. There's not going to be anything that you're going to mess up. You're not going to be left behind. So that's the bigger energy of how I'm working with others is trust their natural cycles because everyone is being affected and impacted by this energy differently. Another thing I'm having to share with people is the grace around when you see people arguing or if you're getting incensed, if you're getting really angry, good. And people are really talking about, you know, now's the time we have to come together. It's like, no, we're not ready for that yet because people haven't worked out the depths of their anger and hostility and emotions. One of the most powerful lessons for me was I, I went to a spiritual retreat and uh, I was there with a bunch of other retreat leaders, and we were teaching uh, classes about different aspects of spirituality. And one night after sharing the things that us as hosts wanted to receive, like we set intentions about one person wanted to be more visible, and one person wanted to be able to speak the truth without being shamed, and yada, yada. And that night, there was this explosive fight that happened amongst all these spiritual leaders. And it was almost like if, I don't know if y'all watch trash TV. Like, uh, <laughs> I used to really love it. I still kind of do. But so like Real Housewives type energy where I, if, if, there, if we could have lifted that table, it would have been flipped. Like all these spiritual leaders at each other's throats, yelling and screaming at each other and like crying at the table. And I spirit, and I thank God I wasn't involved in any of it. It was like almost every other person. And spirit was like, they're all having their breakthrough. And I would just, I just held space. I'm like, oh, wow. Like on the surface, it looks really chaotic. It looks kind of violent, but this is the breakthrough that everyone needs. All this energy needs to express itself and come up and come out. And so that's what I'm holding on to as I see things that look really crazy and are horrendous in the world. It's like, oh, we don't call them love throughs, they're breakthroughs. And then on the other side of that is where the healing begins. So the lesson I'm learning with that right now is, what got uncovered through this year is I still have aspects of me that I don't trust. Like, here I am. You got it. I'm the trust queen. Trust yourself. <laughs> Depths of your emotions. Believe in you. And yet there's still parts of me that are still in the story of, oh, I'm not good enough. So I can't really do what I want. I have to minimize or do this other thing instead. So me personally, that's what I've been working through. And I've been noticing that those feelings are coming up so intensely and I just sit with it and I look at it and it's like, oh, I have different understandings. Like, cool. I see now here's this pattern that I've been blind to. It's so obvious. I can look at it right into the thing. And then I'm getting clarity and guidance about how to move and shift out of it. And one of the things that I feel someone needs to hear, because we might have a parallel, but spirit told me I need to chase my fear. So if I have an opportunity that comes up and it feels pretty good and like super solid and easy, that's a no for me. That's not going to work out. If someone presents something to me and I feel a little bit intimidated or I feel like, ooh, I don't know if I'm ready, that's the thing I need to go toward. Because uh, the mistake that spirit kept showing me, the way my not good enough energy was playing out is I was playing too small and some part of me knew, oh, this is a bigger thing. Let me just stay like the big fish in a small pond as opposed to let me go a little bit beyond where I feel comfortable. So for me personally, that's that's what's been happening. I've also been having to take way more breaks in between things like working with clients or sessions or something like this. I'll probably have to take like longer, longer rest and, you know, not feel bad about it. It doesn't mean that I'm not good enough or that I'm lazy. It's just taking a lot of energy right now and something I'm also noticing for myself and for some others. 
100%. We've talked about that a lot in the angel Reiki school where I teach people how to like develop their spiritual gifts. And before COVID started, I was doing six sessions a day, back to back, like five minute breaks for bathroom breaks. And then COVID hit and I was like, whoa, I cannot keep up like this pace. I have to really switch this up. So I've been doing that too. I've never had it where I take breaks in between my sessions, but that's been working so well for me over the last six months. But everything that you said was just completely, completely spot on of like the energy that I've been feeling and and what I've been going through too. So thank you for sharing from your heart and, and sharing all of that. Yeah, thank you for having me. Like, this is one of those things I was a little bit nervous about. So I was like, well, I guess that's a yes. <laughs> no, no. And that's actually one of the things that I could feel like at the beginning, too, of because I do think that people come together for a reason. Like, they're, they're, we're meant to help each other in different ways. And I know for me personally, like, the reason that I was able to start the podcast and kind of get out in some different formats was because I had this background in journalism and, and it gave me a comfort level with starting the podcast. And so you and I can talk offline a little bit about this, but I think that there's so much. And I'm so glad that you said that kind of like, playing it small a little bit because girlfriend, there are some huge things coming your way. And, and I, I think you're going to end up just loving, you know, swimming in the energy of doing these massive things, but I hope I can be one of your cheerleaders. Oh my God. Yeah. You're making, you're touching my heart. You're I'm getting chills all over. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Let's tell everybody where they can find you, Candice. Where can they find you online? I know that you do workshops about the intuition. And where can they find all of that yummy information about you? You can find it on my website. It's CandiceThomasIntuitive.com. And yeah, I'm going to be doing even more workshops uh, into 2021. The first thing we'll be starting with is practice circles for people who, if you want to practice your wooiness, it, it'll be safe, you know, kind of a closed circle to start with. Uh, and more information will be on my website. That's fantastic. We'll put all of that information in the show notes. Thank you everybody for listening. And thank you, Candace, for blessing us with your time today. Thank you for having me. This was a treat.